Uh, the book of Philemon, between Titus and Hebrews in the New Testament, just one page, uh, on page 1,200. And we started last week looking at this, I mean, it's a very short letter, but we're going to take eight weeks going through it, trying to really dig into what it says and what it means. So that's, that's what we're about, we're trying to understand this, we believe this is the Word of God, and um, and we began to see it last week on page 1,200. And we took a bit of an overview last week. And we saw that there's this, the, the basic story is that this man, Paul, is in prison. And he's writing to a man called Philemon. Because Philemon had a slave called Onesimus who ran away, that's bad, met Paul in prison, became a Christian. And now Paul is sending Onesimus back to Philemon and saying, Philemon, I want you to have him back. That's basically the story. And we saw last week that Paul's big appeal is based on love. So let's just look down with me at verse uh, 9, which is kind of the key really. Paul says, I prefer to appeal to you on the basis of love. In other words, he says, I want you to act for love's sake. I want love to shape what you do. Gospel love. We talked about that last week. You can catch up on the internet if you missed it. But we want, I want love to shape what you do. And we had this phrase last week uh, that says, and we're going to see this right way through the letter, that gospel love will push us further and take us deeper than we ever imagined. If we really begin to live lives that are shaped by the love that God has shown us, then we will experience and be taken to places that we would not have imagined we would end up. Because of this nature of this love. And that's exciting. But we're going to read um, just verses 1 to 3. That's our focus today. The sort of bits in, in these letters that sometimes get missed. Like, oh yes, Paul says hello. I want us to, to really see what Paul says here and to unpack this together. Um, so let me read verses 1 to 3. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend, and fellow worker. Also to Athea, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And what I want us to do this afternoon is to think about the way that gospel love, we'll, we'll come to that, the way that gospel love transforms a home. Transforms a home. See, that's what's being spoken about here. Now, we've got Philemon, there's this person called Athea, and there's this guy called Archippus. Now, we don't know for sure, okay, I'll be honest, we don't know for sure, but it seems likely that Philemon and Athea are married, and Archippus is their son. It could be that Athea's Philemon's mom, and Archippus is a nephew, but they, they seem to be living in the same home, right? And this man, Philemon, his experience of Jesus has changed his home. Because I want us to think about home. I want us to think about what gospel love does to a home. Now, of course, home is a slightly weird thing in life, isn't it? See, what is, what is home? What does that mean? Okay, let me, let me give you some categories, okay? For some of us, for lots of us, you may not feel like London is your home. 
You may have a home that used to be where you were. Perhaps it's where your family still are. Perhaps it's where you grew up. You know, home. Home is my... So there's a kind of a past tense. I want you to think about your experience of home in the past, right? You've probably all got somewhere that you think of as home, or maybe a couple of places, kind of in the past. But I also want us to think about what does home mean in London? Because however much you might not like it, and you may say, well, I've only got like a room and a bed. Maybe you haven't even got that. What does home mean in London? What's the present tense of home? So you've got past tense home, present tense, but I also want to think of a future tense. What sort of home are you aspiring to? What sort of home do you want, or should we be aspiring to live in? So we're going to try and apply it, what we learn about home, to past, present, and tense home. If that makes no sense to you, don't worry. It will. It might. Um, see, that's what we discover about this guy, Philemon. His home has been turned around by meeting Jesus. So I, I want to show you three things. Um, and then we'll apply them each to the past, present, and future home. And that will then make perfect sense. Firstly, I'm going to show you uh, that a home that has been changed by gospel love, there will be a depth of love in it that is unique and extraordinary. Have a look down again with me. Uh, Paul starts by describing his situation, a prisoner of Christ. We saw that last week. This extraordinary place that Paul has been taken to by gospel love, even to being in chains. And Timothy, our brother, family language. To Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker. Also to Athea, our sister. Now, I thought this afternoon I might teach you uh, some Greek. I could teach you a Greek word. Okay? Excellent. This is a, this is a Greek word. It's a fun Greek word, I think, to say. Um, it's agapetos. I don't even know Greek. Agapetos. 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 Something like that. Good. And we'll go with that. So agapetos, right? Uh, that means beloved. Agape is the Greek word for love, this extraordinary love. And agapetos is what you say to someone who's your beloved, the one that I love. And, and what verse 1 says in the Greek, in the way it was written, it says, to Philemon, our agapetos, and, fellow worker, also to Athea, our agapetos. So twice he's writing and he's saying, my beloved, the, the one that I, ones that I love. Now that, that describes quite an extraordinary type of love. So there's a, there's another place in the Bible where this word agapetos is used. This is why I wanted to show you it, because I think this is really cool. When Jesus was baptised, and heaven was torn open, God the Father looked at Jesus, his Son, and said, You are my beloved. You're my agapetos. So this word describes the love that God the Father has for Jesus, his Son. That's quite an extraordinary love. The love that exists between God the Father and his Son. Right, just come with me to John 15 for a second, okay? Uh, it's, it's a warm afternoon, so we're going to have to work hard. John 15, on page 1083. Page 1083. 
And the top of uh, the second column there, verse 9, John 15, verse 9, we just see this, okay? So we've got this love of God the Father for his Son. Right, this is what we call the Trinity, the relationship within God, that there's Father, Son, and Spirit. God the Father, the beloved Son, Agapetos, this wonderful relationship between the Father and the Son. Look what Jesus says in verse 9. As the Father has loved, Agapetos, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Right? So the love that God the Father has for the Son, Jesus now shows to his people. But it's still there's more. Um, if you jump down to a verse down, slightly further down, um, I've lost it now. I'll come back to it. Yes, there it is. Verse 12. <laughs> so he said, uh, As the Father's loved me, I've loved you. Now look at verse 12. My command is this love each other as I have loved you. Right? So, to get the chain, God the Father, Agape, loves the Son, the Son loves the people, and the people are to love one another. So, just as the Father loves the Son, the Son loves his people, and his people are to love each other. Do you see the chain? So, Agape, this sort of love that we're talking about, that transforms a home, is a love that originates in the very heart of God, the Trinity God. That's the sort of quality of love that we're talking about. That's, that's extraordinary love. I wonder, do you think there's ever been a day when the Son of God has been insecure and wondered if his Father loved him? Do you think there's ever been a day when the Son has tried to earn his Father's approval and go, oh, what can I do to make my dad happy today? Because I don't think he loves me. No, there's no insecurity. There's no seeking after approval. There is a perfect security, a perfect peace where the Father perfectly loves the Son. Right, so the Son loves his people like the Father loves the Son, which means that there is a perfect security in the way that Jesus loves us, right? We don't have to win his approval. We don't have to seek to please him. We don't have to feel insecure, because he loves us like his Father loves him. He demonstrated that by going to a cross to die. Now that means that is the way that love should be expressed within the home. A home that is transformed by gospel love will be a home where there's a security, where there's a love for one another that's not based on our performance, not based on how great we think, but based on the love that the Father has for the Son. That's what Paul's talking about when he says to Philemon and Aphia, you are my agapetos, I love you. Now let's, that's quite big, okay, that's big stuff, if you're very warm to do this big stuff, but we need to get how, how important this is, right? And I want you to think now about what that might mean in our homes. Now, I want to be really careful this afternoon because I recognise that we've all had very different experiences of what it means to be at home. And for some of us, actually, we have experienced this sort of a home. Perhaps no one, no one perfectly, but we have experienced a home where God's love has been at the centre of that. I say you should rejoice in that, delight in that. I long that our home might be a home like that. We were driving back this morning from Plymouth, and I think this was evidence that uh, that our family is on, on the way to this kind of love, because we were driving along, and uh, we were playing a game, and uh, I lost, 
I, I lost the game quite badly. And uh, I said, I want to play a game that I can win. And one of my children, who should remain nameless, said, let's play, let's play, who's the fattest? <laughs> now, I, I know you see, because there's agape love, there's no need to, to impress or to prove myself, I felt utterly secure. <laughs> No, look, seriously, when you think of your home, so for those of you who still kind of gravitate back to your family homes, your parents, how do you love them? How do you love them? Do you love them like, they, I know they're not perfect. And in fact, you may have parents who make your life really hard, and you may have parents where it's been really, really difficult. I know that, and I'm not trying to undermine that, but, I, but actually, if we... If the Father has loved Jesus and Jesus has loved us, then we are to love in a radical way. To love in a way which doesn't keep grudges and, and point the finger and hold things against people and say, rah, 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 but actually shows love, unconditional love, merciful love, beautiful love that says, I love you because I love you. That's tough, right? What about in our present situation in London? How do we show love? Where, where do you live? What's your home like? How do you show love in that home? Are you a peacemaker? Perhaps you've got flatmates. And are, you, are you somebody who works for peace? Who loves? Who shows this kind of quality, this agape love within your home? What do you aspire to? Will you pursue a home? Will you pray for a home? Will you pray that God would make you a person where this sort of love, this agapetos love, would transform your home. Even now, be praying about that. I'm not saying, you know, you may get married, you may not, you may have children, you may not, who knows, you may end up in London, you may end up in Bangkok, I don't know where you may. But will this love mark you? Would you aspire to that? Would you daydream about that sort of a home? A love where people feel secure. A love where people feel safe. Agapetos. So there's a depth of love in Philemon's home. And you can feel that coming out. Secondly, there's, um, there's also clarity of purpose in this home. It's not an aimless home where they all just sit aimlessly. Look how he describes Philemon. Our, our Agapetos and fellow worker. In other words, Philemon is someone who gets on with work. He's got something to do. And then he says to Archippus, who I think probably is his son, Archippus, our fellow soldier. Those are active words, aren't they? This isn't a home that's kind of just a restful place where we all just sit and watch telly all day. This is a home where things get done. Where things happen. There's a big difference between being a worker and being a volunteer. I am. Um, I think sometimes we get this wrong. When Jesus called you to follow him, I want you to know he called you to be a worker, not to be a volunteer. He said, come follow me, and I will make you a worker. I, I, there's work for you to do. So, look, sometimes I go to the supermarket, and I, I just go to browse. Uh, you know, I just go to have a nice time. I wander up and down the aisles, and I see what I see what's there. And I 
I look at the offers, buy a few things, things that take my fancy. But when I'm bored, when I'm done, I'm done. I can leave. You know, job done. That's okay. It was, it was my voluntary decision to go. Other times, uh, I'm sent with a, with a job to do. You know, there's something to achieve. It isn't enough for me to get halfway through the list and go, I'm bored. I'm going home. No, there's work to be done. Working is hard, right? Working makes you tired. And here is Paul writing to Philemon saying, you're my fellow worker. You're at home. Your home is a place where there's, there's energy, there's work to be done. And I wonder sometimes whether we kind of we think that being a Christian, following Jesus, is a bit like, well, I do what's convenient, I do what I can manage, but actually, actually spring watch is on tonight. You know what I mean? And I, I, I was going to watch spring watch. <laughs> and and, I, and I, so I can't really do that thing. Sorry if you like spring watch. No, I genuinely am sorry if you like spring watch. <laughs> and, uh, and here's Philemon. This is a place, a home, where things happen, where work is being done for Jesus, where there's people coming in, people being welcomed, and we'll see some more about that in a minute. Oh, look at Archippus, our fellow soldier. <coughs> he sounds like a bloke with a bit of energy to him. Hey, keep thinking of Philemon. Comes to Colossians. I told you last week, and Philemon and Colossians go together. Um, they were written at the same time. And in Colossians 4, verse 17, here's Archippus again, look. Tell Archippus, see to it that you complete the ministry you've received in the Lord. <laughs> this bloke Archippus is just dozing off in church as the letter to the Colossians is written. It read. And then suddenly it's like, tell Archippus, what? Archippus, me, what? Uh, complete the ministry you've received in the Lord. In other words, Archippus, you have something you need to do. You're a soldier. There's work to be done. There's something to achieve. Keep going. Keep going until it's done. Don't slack off, Archippus. Don't become lazy. Finish the work. And of course, this actually points us forward, uh, points us back to, again, to Jesus, the Archippus, the, the Agapetus, the one who came to earth with work to be done. The father who loves his son also sent the son to do work. His work was to die on a cross to save humanity. And Jesus came into the world. He went to the cross and as he died, he said, it is finished. finished. Jesus finished the work he came to do. And Jesus, as we experience his love, he came to die on a cross for us, to save us. He finished the work completely. And now he says, now there's work you to do. Not to save yourself, because I've done that for you, but now there's work I've given you to do. So I wonder, as we think about our home, is it a place where work for Jesus gets done? Is it a place where we serve Jesus? Or is it a place actually where we're pretty lazy and pretty ungodly? See, let's face it, our home can be the place where we are most at risk of temptation and sin. We can come to church and put a nice act, but what's our home like? 
Finally, I'm going to ask you first to talk. Come on, guys. In your home, work hard. Love Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean you can never wash sprinkle. But it does mean that we change our mindset to say, I'm a worker. I need to work to serve Jesus. Gospel love will produce a clarity of purpose. It will help me to know there's work to be done. I'm a worker. I'm a soldier. Is that how you see yourself? Quite different, isn't it? If in your home you woke up tomorrow morning and said, I'm a worker. I'm a soldier. There's stuff to be done for Jesus. But you're not on your own. Your fellow workers, fellow soldiers, but others around you helping you. Okay, one more. And that is that it's a, there's a generosity of heart in this home. Have a look at um, verse 2. He says, And to Ephia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. So they have the church meeting right in their home. They welcome the church into their home. It's where they hang out. It's where they meet. It's where they serve. So Philemon, presumably, is a fairly well-to-do chap if he's got slaves and he's got a big enough house to have people around. And what he does is he uses his home. There's a generosity of heart to say, how can I use what God's given me to serve the church? There's generosity. Because when we understand that our hearts have been transformed by God's love, we become generous, we become outward-looking. Home is not a place where you shut the doors and keep everyone out and say, this is my little place where I can feel my own. The Bible says that we're to be outward-looking, to be generous, to be thinking about how we can serve others. Obviously, that's a bit odd, isn't it? Because we can't all... You, know, you might say, well, it wouldn't all fit in my little bedroom with my bed. You know, that'd be weird if we all met in your home. That's okay, they didn't all meet in every home. They met in Philemon's home because he had the biggest house. But they did think through, what would it look like? What, what would it mean to be generous with what I have? So think about your present circumstances. Here's the good news, right? If you don't have a home... It's okay, Jesus didn't have a home. Jesus had no home to invite people to, but Jesus spent lots of time in people's homes, loving people. And you may think, well, I've not got that much, but here's the question. When you understand that God has given you so much, you begin to ask, what can I do with what God has given me to be generous, to be hospitable, to show love to others? How can I serve others? Uh, let me tell you a story. Forgive me if I've told you this story before. You know, I, I only have so many stories. There's only so many things that have happened to me in my life. Um, we had a very profound experience of this once when, uh, as a family, we were having a bad day. It was one of those days. I think all families have those. And uh, we were just, it was just a bad day. We were miserable. We were grumpy. It was really, really hard. And, and we decided to go and get some chips from the chip shop. I thought that was a good plan. Because I thought that would make me see anyone. And then for some reason, I can't remember quite why, we, we thought, why don't we phone some friends of ours and ask if we could go around for dinner? And I, I still don't know why we did that. But we phoned them and we said, look, can we come around for dinner? We're just having a bad day. <coughs> As we walked around, I was very grumpy. And I said, this is stupid. We should have got chips. This is just miserable. They're going to think we're done. We should have just kept quiet. And we went around and we had dinner with them. And it, it was extraordinary. 
it completely changed our day because they were so kind to us and they helped us and they showed love to us and welcomed us into their home. And it changed how the day went. And I want to say we're not very good at this as churches. We're not very good at being hospitable for thinking, how can I show love? Now, maybe you say, I can never invite anyone to my, my room. That's okay. What could you do? How could you show hospitality? How could you show love to someone? How could you show concern? Because we're to be people who give. And as you think forward to your future home, what sort of home do you want to aspire to? Well, we aspire to be a home that's generous, a home that's hospitable, a home that has others to come meet. We aspire to be that sort of a home, a home that loves to give. Because that's the heart of God. God is the God who gives. He gives and gives and gives. His heart is generous. He's always giving out. And if we're going to be transformed by his love, and we will share that heart to give and give and give. So here's this man, Philemon. I wonder if you can picture him. Picture him getting this letter. And think of him as he hears those words, you are my agapetos, you're my dear friend. You're my fellow worker. And I know the church meets in your home. I know you're generous. Think about your home. Think about your experience of home. What would it mean for you to change? And how might the love of God transform you to be someone who shows that sort of love to others within your home? Who has that clarity of purpose? I'm here for there's work to be done. And a home that is generous as we give and give and give. Why don't we pray together and uh, we reflect on um, these words from Philemon. Let me read them again. Have a listen again to this. And as I read them, why not pray that, that we might increasingly be a church family and in our individual homes that we might be like this. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, also to Athea, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. And here's the beautiful thing, as we live that out, we know that grace and peace come to us from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. He gives us grace. And maybe for some of us this afternoon, we feel our failure in this. We feel the way we treat our parents. Actually, we have to confess we treat our parents badly. In our, we haven't been peacemakers in the home. Or perhaps with our flatmates, or perhaps with our, whoever it might be. Let's confess that. Perhaps home is a place of laziness. Let's confess that. It's, okay to, it's good to rest, but not to be lazy. Perhaps home can be a place where we can be more generous with what God has given us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you that you are the God who loves. Thank you, Father, that you love your Son. Thank you, Jesus, that you love your people. And Father, we ask that you would please help us to love one another, those you've placed among us. We pray particularly for our homes. Lord, we would 
dare to pray for our future homes, those places where you will put us in the future. Lord, we have no idea what circumstances they might be, but we pray that our future homes might be places of love, the depth of love, might be places of purpose and work, and places of great generosity. And Father, as we aspire to that, we ask that we work that out now in the circumstances where you put us. Whether you've given us much or whether you've given us little. Father, we ask that we might find our joy in Jesus and know your grace and peace. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.